0: It's the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello again, everybody, and welcome to the Mike Francesa podcast for week number twelve—a special Wednesday edition uh, because of the Thanksgiving holiday. Uh, obviously, uh, the schedule has changed, and you have plenty of football, wall-to-wall football, and. Really, for the diehard football fan, he knows this. But for some who may not be as, you know, ardent a fan, from now until the AFC and NFC title games, which is really the end in essence of the season, the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl, then the Super Bowl are not part of the real NFL season. The NFL season really ends on uh, title Sunday, on championship Sunday. Uh, the... Uh, amount of games you can watch, counting college football with bowl games, is just unbelievable. You can watch it wall to wall. And it starts, obviously, tomorrow with three nationally televised games. As you know, um, if you're not familiar with the history, Detroit has always played on Thanksgiving. Dallas volunteered in the 60s, which really made Dallas America's team them playing the back end of the Thanksgiving doubleheader, which was Tech Schramm's idea, and really launched, not only launched the NFL into the stratosphere, but also launched the Cowboys into the stratosphere. Uh, And recently, they added a third game that revolves. A lot of teams volunteered to be the host team, like the Lions and the Cowboys are every year. Uh, But they were told no. The Jets were one of those teams. The Dolphins were one of those teams. Clearly, it was going to be an AFC team because you have Detroit and Dallas. But they decided, no, we won't do that. We'll rotate it. And this year, it's a good one. San Francisco at Seattle. It'll be a raucous setting. Seattle's banged up. They don't have uh, Walker in the backfield. Geno Smith's going to play with a bad elbow. Uh, They are banged up. Uh, and they are facing a very hot San Francisco team, but we'll get to that. And then you have the first Black Friday game ever. So the NFL, as I've mentioned in recent years, has jumped into every piece of possible TV landscape that they can get away with. Every single one. They can't get into the college football season. They have to wait until the final weeks to put their Saturday games on. That hasn't changed. It won't change. There's legislation against that. But The bottom line is they've jumped into Black Friday now with a game, and that, of course, is the Jets and the Dolphins. And they have jumped into Christmas Day now and really hurt the – and will continue to hurt the NFL, which is shooting itself in the foot with this ridiculous tournament to begin with. All right, uh, there's a lot to get to, uh, and we will get to it as quickly. You know, Tom Brady made some comments, which the NFL is not going to be thrilled about, but he's right. The quality of play in the NFL is very poor right now. Uh, One of the reasons is the quality of the quarterback play is very poor right now. They have a lot of young quarterbacks playing. You have a lot of quarterbacks forced into action because of injuries. You have a lot of teams that have recently, just think about it, the Bills and the Steelers here in the middle of playoff runs have fired their offensive coordinators to show you how much offenses are struggling right now. And offenses are struggling. They are struggling mightily. Quarterbacks are struggling. You don't see elite quarterback play around the league right now. Even the star quarterbacks, Allen, Mahomes, they're having tough times. You know. So the bottom line is you are not seeing the level of quarterback play that you've seen in recent years. And when the quarterback play slips, production slips. And overall NFL play slips, but you have a very competitive league right now, uh, and you have a lot of teams still in the playoff mix, especially, especially in the AFC, where it is crazy. Now, amazingly, a lot of the top contending teams have wicked schedules. The rest of the way, two who don't are the Lions. Who can move to nine and two tomorrow with a win on uh, against Green Bay, which will come in firing the football tomorrow. They think this quarterback can throw it, he can. They don't have Aaron Jones tomorrow, and they will be firing the football all over the place uh tomorrow in a game that uh I think should be and I don't go get into over on this ever. They should – this should be a high-scoring game because I don't think the Packers can shut down the Lions, and I think the uh, Packers are going to throw the ball over the lot. I don't think there's any question about it. All right. Uh, But the other team is the Chiefs. The Lions and Chiefs have very favorable schedules, which should help them immensely down the rest of – the season. Remember, as always, uh, we're brought to you by BetRivers. Go to the BetRivers app, download it. It's the only app you'll need to make all of your wages and to participate in their giveaways that are very, very uh, lucrative if you hit on them. So you can win up to ten thousand dollars for the ten dollar bet playing the squares game. So check that out. And uh, as I said, BetRivers.com. Download the Bet Rivers app, and away you go. So here we go for week number 12. Now, Green Bay and Detroit starts it off. This, if you are a diehard NFL fan, you know how many years you've said, oh, I have to sit through this Lion game. Oh, I, I got to bet it just to watch it. This game, you know, the Lions are awful. You know, Peyton Manning's in and there, two-touchdown favorite, you know, uh, you know somebody, uh, Brett Favre's in and they're a two-touchdown favorite. Can the Lions keep it close? Can the Lions keep it close has been the Thanksgiving question every year for like two decades. Not this time. The Lions have obviously surged to where they have a chance to be the one seed. They believe in their head coach who's a bit of a throwback. Okay? Uh, this is a coach who uh, has who played under Bill Parcells, who uh, has taken a little of the Parcells playbook and likes to play the tough guy and is every bit and every inch a leader, and he is leading the Lions in the right direction. The Lions come into this game in what will be a raucous setting in Detroit with the best record they have had on Thanksgiving since 1962. Think about that. Since 1962. That's 61 years ago. So they are in a very prosperous position. They can go to 9-2. and two, And at 9-2, and two, their schedule, they have a game against the Cowboys. But other than that, they're in their division. They do have two games with the Vikings. And the Vikings are going to fight to the finish. But the bottom line is they face a very, very comfortable schedule. And if they get to 9-2 and two and get their 11 days off, this is where you can make... Your big run. You know, Tom Landry, with his great Cowboy teams, and the Cowboys were dominant. They went to the playoffs 15 straight years. And Landry used to have a mark. He used to want to get to Thanksgiving and make his move because he knew after Thanksgiving and that 11 days off, he was going to get his team healthy. He was going to get his team focused. And their record from there to the end of the season when they were good was unbelievable. And they obviously dominated the NFC year after year after year, and they used this Thanksgiving schedule perfectly because after today's game, the Lions have 11 days off, and they can set themselves up for their big run into December and into what they hope winds up finally with a Super Bowl appearance, although I think they'll fall short this year. But Green Bay is uh, in their dangerous They're vulnerable. They can throw clinkers. They can throw good games. Uh, They come off a big win, but they're banged up. They don't have Aaron Jones. They're going to throw the ball around a lot. Love can throw the ball. Love is a talented quarterback, but he's also a guy who can make a lot of mistakes. So I think this will be a shootout, and I think it's one that obviously the Lions will win. Washington and Dallas, uh, this game is absolutely made for the Cowboys. Now the Cowboys have some guys banged up, but you know, they were worried about lamb, but I think lamb's going to play watch for the Cowboy receivers and the Cowboy passing game to have an enormous game. No team right now is in worse position than Washington is in the secondary. Washington's secondary was an embarrassment against the giants. Giants had uncovered receivers all over. Matter of fact, there might be nobody in the secondary right now who really you would consider to be a player you'd like to hang your hat on. They have a lot of guys injured. They have a lot of guys who are inept, and they, remember, traded their two best pass rushes. Now they put a ton of pressure on the giant offensive line. That's not going to happen against the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, who are 11-point favorites, and Washington has surprised sometimes, and they can surprise with their offense. Now last week they turned it over six times. Cowboys are going to pressure the quarterback Unbelievably. He's going to make a bunch of mistakes. He can make some plays in the passing game. We know that. But they are going to get cut up like a Thanksgiving turkey in that secondary. And the Cowboys are going to have a big, big passing day. I don't think there's any question about it. The third game is going to be highly competitive. San Francisco, which is back playing like the Niners. When the Niners are healthy, when they have... Debo in the lineup, when they have Trent Williams in the lineup, when they have all their pieces in the lineup, they are devastating offensively. And they're coming off two big games. Last two games, Purdy's 40 or 50, uh, six touchdowns, no intercepts. They look like themselves again. Seattle's banged up. Geno Smith will play with a bad elbow. He went out of the Ram game. He came back in. He led them down the field. They missed the field goal. It was a long one, fifty-five yards, but they missed the field goal that would have won the game. They're a game behind. They're six and four. Niners are seven and three. Big game, but one where you have to favor the Niners because they're healthier, much healthier. Kenneth Walker's out for the uh, for the Seahawks with a oblique injury. Seahawks are banged up. Not the time to be banged up against the Niners, who they see twice in the next three weeks. The Black Friday game, which is the first 3 o'clock on Friday, the Jets will start Tim Boyle at quarterback. Zach has been relegated to the third spot at quarterback, which means he's only the emergency quarterback, and he's behind two guys who are on the practice squad this year, which tells you everything you need to know. So they've gone from staunchly defending Zach to one game relegating him to complete non-existence. And right now, and you've probably heard earlier in the week my podcast about the Jets' future and Mr. Rogers' neighborhood, it's all about him, and now they're talking about him being back at practice in two weeks and him playing on Christmas Eve. Why would you rush him back if you lose this game? Why would you rush him back if you have been eliminated from postseason play? Why would you possibly rush him back this year? Tell me what organization with half a brain would not tell him to back off and now build the foundation and be ready for next year and have them do everything in their power to set things up for next year, which means two things that have to happen that did not happen this year. They must bring in a dependable backup quarterback who can play in this league, who can hold the fort for two or three weeks. Now, if, he's, if Aaron Rodgers goes down for the season, they're not going to have a big record. But they have to get, and we all know who the playing quarterbacks are who can play backup in this league. We all know who they are. You were talking about the, you know, the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world, the Brissettes of the world. Those guys, okay, they have to get a reliable, not the guys they have on the roster now, a reliable backup quarterback, sign them to a contract, and then every waking hour, every resource, every dollar they can squeeze out of their salary cap has to go to rebuild this offensive line. No more drafting defensive players. No more drafting anybody that does not, fit the design that builds the offensive line. The Jets have got to do this for Rodgers or the, otherwise this cannot work. He's old. He's got leg issues. He obviously is one of the best quarterbacks who's ever lived. We know that. No one's disputing that. But he has got to be protected. And the Jets have not done that, and they must do that in the offseason. Now, I'm not expecting anything out of Boyle. I'll go in with an open mind, but let's be honest. He's been nothing short of a hold-your-nose quarterback. But that's all they have on the roster, and that's all that Zach was. Will Zach play again in the NFL? Yes. Will he play again for the Jets? Probably not. Probably not. Unless, you know, he gets in as an emergency quarterback. Jets are big underdogs. Dolphins are banged up. They probably won't have and He looks like he's going to sit this game. Or if he does dress, i will be surprised he plays a lot. He did hurt his injured. He just came off the IR with a knee. He hurt the knee early in the game. He only had one carry. He had one reception. So they didn't, they didn't dust him off. They're not going to dust him off this week. They're going to wait. So I don't think he's going to be a big factor. Hill will play even though he's hurt because he always plays. He plays every week. He plays hurt, and that guy, that's why he's worth his weight in gold. I know know his off-the-field antics are much. I understand that he can be a pain in the neck, but the bottom line is the guy is productive and he plays every game. And it's hard to see where the Jets won't wear down offensively I wear down defensively after their offense does nothing. Now, if their offense can get a running game going and get Hall and Wilson somehow incorporated into this offense, and all Boyle has to do is get rid of the ball quickly and keep them on schedule. That's the offense that they have to run. If they're capable of running it it with Hackett, they have to keep the team on schedule and get in and out of the play and in and out of the pocket. If he does that, they can play football. And they can be in this game to the end. But it's hard to back that offense because it's so inept. It's historically inept. Saints and Falcons. Falcons have lost so many, so many tight games. The Orleans is up and down. Carr is, is still in the protocol. Um, very hard game to figure. I mean, the Falcons, if you go and look, how many games have gone to the wire that they've lost have been unbelievable. They have ability. So do the Saints. You just don't know which way these teams are going to play. They'll probably play to the last second anyway. Every game is that way. Steelers have made it lot of news this week. So if the Bengals. They play this week. Steelers at Cincinnati. Burrow has gone for the season. Um, the Steelers finally put Matt Canada out of his misery. Mike Sullivan will call the plays. When uh, – In Pittsburgh, they do things very differently. The coach is in complete control. He's in complete control of the locker room. And what he says is exactly what the truth is. Hey, all I'm trying to do is win today's game. Case closed. Don't look to next year. Don't write anything for next year. Don't speculate about next year. Don't broadcast about next year. Just worry about this week. This is for this week. That's what we're doing here. This gives us the best chance to win this week to utilize our offensive weapons to the fullest, to get Warren and Pickens into the offense and try to put together an offense that can somehow equal the play of the defense. This team is not very good in their 6-4. and four. They're 6-4 because their defense is terrific and their, co- and their coach knows how to win games. Bengals say that their offense will not change. Burrow, of course, out for the season. That remains to be seen. Higgins is banged up. His status is unknown. There's no question Chase has a couple of injuries. He has a back injury. Evidently, he's got an oblique injury. He will play, but he's not 100. percent I expect the Steelers to take him away. Um, if you, ha- I don't get into fantasy, but I'd be very careful about playing Chase this week. Even though I know he's like the, one of the real, you know, you know, chips of of that world. The bottom line is I just don't see how he's going to be overly productive with a backup quarterback where I think they will play a very basic game plan and the way the Steelers can take people away. I I think it's a very tough call there. But, I mean, you know, he is obviously an amazing wide receiver, Um, but he has not had a great year. Because obviously it's been a very d- compromised year with Burroughs' injuries and everything else that's going on, so he's gone for the season. Bengals say we can we can hang in here. We, they got a lot of they got they have to prove that they have to prove that they're not the same team. And no one expects them to go to the playoffs. If you look at their tiebreakers in the AFC at five and five, they're awful. They're zero three in the division. They're one and five in in the conference. Uh, that doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Uh, Panthers and Titans next. Only question there is, does Wright get a second year? Evidently, Tepper, who is the hedge fund guy, who has gone to Carolina, wanted to make a big splash, and has done nothing but lose, supposedly he's very unhappy again. They they moved heaven and earth to get the number one pick. They brought in, obviously, a quarterback they believed in, despite his diminutive size, and they have watched as Stroud, who got picked number two, has lit up the league. It's been a very tough year for the Panthers, very tough year for their number one pick, very tough year for their uh, coach who's in his first year, and there could be big changes there again. And a lot of talk of Vrabel leaving Tennessee after this year. Vrabel will get a job again. He is a premier head coach. Things have completely fallen apart. He's probably being told from the front office to play Levis, uh, nothing wrong with that. This is a down season for them. They're usually a playoff team. Their older players have to be very unhappy right now. Their marquee players have to be very unhappy right now. I'm sure they have a very unhappy running back right now, but that's the way it works. Um, if Belishek should lose, Rabel will be a very, very high candidate, very logical candidate in New England. Bucks at the Colts. The shocking news here is the Colts waving... Shaq Leonard, we know how good Shaq Leonard has been. We know what kind of player he has been. We also know that he has undergone a couple of surgeries and has had real issues with nerve damage and is not the same player, but they waive him now. And everyone says, whoa, wait a second, some contending team's going to jump. They're not going to jump and claim him on waivers. His contract is enormous. If you claim him on waivers, you owe him the money. You owe him $6 million the rest of the season just alone. So no one's going to jump on that contract. If they do, I'd be absolutely stunned. They'll wait till he clears the waivers, and then he can go wherever he wants, and he'll go to a contending team. He'll be, in, he'll be in the NFL again this year, but it will be after he clears waivers because there's no way anybody's going to pick up that contract. If they do, they're out of their minds. So can he help a team? Absolutely. He has been a great player on defense. He is a when he's healthy, he's a monster on defense. But he has been compromised. This is surprising. They do shocking things with the Colts. You know that. They do very emotional, very, you know, seat of the pan things with the Colts. Um, but he will have to wait to clear waivers. When he clears waivers, you can pick the team you want to put him on. Um, because a lot of teams will be interested. Pats and Giants, hey, it's the Pats and the Giants. We don't even know who's quarterback in the past yet. They haven't made a decision. Giants win a game last week, they can win a game this week. These are the teams they can beat. So they're three and eight, they could go to four and eight. Absolutely. They played Washington. Washington didn't cover anybody, including Barkley out of the backfield all afternoon. They didn't protect their quarterback. They turned the ball over six times. Giants were plus six. If you're plus six, I didn't even know how you would possibly lose a game if you're plus six. You don't see plus six very often. Being plus three, you win the game 92% of the time in the NFL. Plus six, I didn't look it up. It's probably 98% or 99% of the time you win the game. And the Giants won the game. Uh, Washington is just awful right now. And the bottom line is we know that Ron Rivera is a class act, but this is he's done in Washington. Uh, Jags and Texans, good game, good game. In a lot of ways, we know the rivalry. Jags are 7-3, got back on winning ways last week. Texans 6-4, but last week, Stroud got a little loose with the ball for the first time. He and Dell are on a major roll right now. Tankdale is putting up astronomical numbers in recent weeks. Um, but he had three picks last week. He's only had five on the season. He's had four of them in the last two weeks. He had three picks. That sounds the alarm for me that he has gotten a little loose with his thought process, a little loose with his throws, meaning I'm going to try and make – The difficult throw here. I can get the ball anywhere. And when that happens, the interceptions start to pile up. This kid has had a tremendous season. They're 6-4. and They are well coached. Everyone always thought D'Amico Ryan was going to be a good head coach. He's been terrific. This team is headed the right way, and right now are absolutely ascending dramatically. They are a very dangerous team. Because they have other components, they can play defense. Their secondary is finally getting healthy. They can run the ball a little bit. They can throw the ball a lot. They have wide receivers. Um, we know what the quarterback's done. Be I mean, fascinating game. Jags and Texans, seven three six and four. If the Texans win this game, they have a great chance to make the playoff. That would be an incredible achievement for a team that was at six on their over-under this year. I know because I took it. Uh, I took over six. I picked them when I did my over-unders with the dog this year. Uh, I thought they would win more than that. They have already uh, tied the number. Um, I did not know Stroud would play like this, obviously. I I was very high on the coach. I thought they had more personnel than people thought, but I did not know the quarterback would play like this. Nobody did. He's played sensationally. Rams and Cards, who cares? Chiefs and Raiders. Chiefs off that terrible loss to the Eagles. Gave the game away. We know the Chiefs' issues. We know the positives. We know the negatives. The positives, they have the best defense they've had in the Mahomes era. They have a defense that could absolutely carry them to another Super Bowl victory. They have got to figure out, and I've been saying this, if you've been listening to my podcast, I've been saying this since week one. They have got to cultivate and decide a pecking order for their wide receivers. They have got to have a secondary target. Right now, Mahomes' secondary target that he feels the most comfortable with is Watson. Except Watson had a huge drop last week. He ran the wrong route last week and got yelled at. He also had a big drop on fourth and twenty-four, which is a ball he should have caught. I understand it's wet out, but the ball should have been caught. They have got to cultivate, and we all know—we all saw it. He threw Mahomes threw a perfect game-winning pass on a post that Scantling dropped. I mean, in, laid in his hands where you expect a wide receiver to catch that ball 99 times out of 100. Well, this was the one. He booted it and they lost the game. This has gone on all year. Broken routes, inconsistent routes, non sensical routes, drops. They lead the league in drops with 26. I think Rice is the guy. I've been saying it week after week. Before the year started, I thought it would be Sky Moore. Sky Moore has been a guy who's had a lot of drops. Tony is a better punt returner than he is anything else. He's not a great wide receiver. He's not a disciplined player. He's an electric punt returner. Um, They have got to develop... Rice, this is on Andy, this is on the team. They they have got to develop a wide receiver. They don't they can't bring a big guy in here. Maybe after the season they do. They desperately need a leading man. Rice has got to become that leading man. Be there every down and be the guy that runs the number one routes for that offense at wide receiver, and is the guy who he depends on, that can put the ball away, that knows where the first down markers are, who can make the clutch catch. Or Again, Kansas City will be in the same position, and they will lose a game in the playoffs pre-Super Bowl because they will drop or not complete the big pass play that they have to when Mahomes puts the ball on the money and the ball will be dropped or the run will be route wrong, run wrong or something will happen if they don't fix this problem. And the Chiefs are blessed. They suffered a bad loss, but they can still be the one seed. They have a very, very comfortable schedule after they play, they play the, the Raiders this week, who they own. They own everybody in the division. They play at Green Bay. Then they play the Bills. After that, it's New England, Raiders, Cincinnati, and Chargers the last four weeks. Of the contending teams, they have the easiest schedule, and they're going to make plenty of hay with that the rest of the way. Bills and Eagles. Bills off a win. This is a huge game. Eagles get a huge win. Eagles should have lost that game, but they didn't. Biggest play in that game, other than the drop by Valdez Scantling, was the Kelsey fumble because they were first and 10 on the 12-yard line. He hits Kelsey inside the 10-yard line. As he's going down, he fumbles the ball. They would have gone up 10 with 12 minutes to play, and they would have won the game. Instead, he fumbles the ball. Eagles are still in the one-score mentality. They come back and take the lead, and they wind up holding on and winning the game. Um, that was the biggest play. Eagles, surprising in that game was how Kansas City dismantled their offensive line. That's unusual. Bills and Eagles, Bills have to lift their level to beat the Eagles. The Eagles are 9-1. and one. Hey, their last three games are Giants, Cards, Giants. That means they got 12 wins in the bank. 12 wins in the bank. They have four tough weeks coming up. Very tough. But they already got the chief game. If they get one more out of the next, if they go one and three, they're in great shape. If they go two and two, they're in unbelievable shape. If they go three and one, they're at lock one seat. Bills this week. Sunday night, Ravens at charges. Charges are an absolute mess. So we're, we're rex ryan said i mean listen i know rex can make some wild statements man but how about how when was the last time you made a you heard somebody make a statement like that about a head coach he said of staley go back to division three where you belong we all know he's a dead man walking with the charges The Chargers' window is closing, even though they have the young quarterback, even though they have two or three very talented young players. But they have watched other guys get old around them. They have to refurbish it, and they need a big-time head coach because the quarterback is in place, and they are wasting the golden years of a very talented quarterback who has gotten into bad habits. Ravens are 8-3. One change there. Early, they told us that Andrews, who is clearly – the QB's favorite target early. We have been told he was out for the season with the ankle. Now we're told he might be able to come back that he could be back either the last week of the season or in the playoffs. So we'll see what that means, but he's not there now and they have to refocus their offense, but they are a very talented team playing well has a good chance to be number one seed. And then on Monday night bears, and this is a big time because the, Bears have to figure out a couple of things. Number one, if they can get the top pick, do they get rid of fields? Number two, do they keep their head coach? This is what they have to decide in the next couple of weeks. The coach might make it easy on them by continuing to blow games like they did last week. They get the Vikings this week. Vikings come off a brutal loss to the Broncos. Tough game, brutal loss. All the Vikings seem to have is good wins and brutal losses. That's it. Everything's one score. But uh, they are fighting for a playoff spot despite the loss of Jefferson for now a bunch of weeks, Cousins for the season. Jefferson's about ready to come back. It might be after this game because they have a bye after this Monday night game so they have a lot of time off, and they can work Jefferson back in. I think that's probably what will happen. But if he emerges and plays this Monday night game because he wants to play in the bright lights in prime time in front of the rest of the league, could happen. He might think, hey, big week for me against the Bears secondary, and it's Monday night, and I can come back and show the league, hey, here I am, and have a huge game. So I'm sure that's in his head, but they might want to wait and wait the extra two weeks since they're off next week. Let's see what happens. The last set of buys comes after Thanksgiving week. There's no buys in the schedule on Thanksgiving week. The next week will be the last set of buys. There'll be six teams off, and then we're done with the buys. So, And the Vikings are one of those teams. One game that I want to mention as we wrap up the uh, Week 12 podcast. Saturday is the showdown between unbeaten Ohio State, unbeaten Michigan. You don't have to ask what time the game is. The game is 12 o'clock because it's always 12 o'clock because they refuse to move it, which to me it plays into why it is not only the best rivalry in college, it's the best Rivalry in all of sports, it is the most intense. It's better than anything. There's nothing close to it in terms of what it means, in terms of how they approach it. Eleven and Ohio State, eleven and O Michigan, both with national title aspirations. We understand, Harbaugh. You know they settled it last week. He doesn't coach this game. He can coach the bowl game. He can prepare his team all week. He just can't be there Saturday, as we know. They've won the last two games with that setting. They are a Michigan is a, is home. They are a three and a half point favorite. They have beaten Ohio State the last two years. We know that uh, this will be a very very competitive, very close game in every way. Uh, These teams are very, very even. Um, Michigan is better at quarterback, but not by enough of a margin where you would say, you know, he just, here you have a great quarterback on one side and a guy who's really questionable on the other side. Um, The bottom line is Ohio State has, in recent weeks, settled things down there. And the quarterback at Michigan is good. He's not great. The key to this game will be Michigan's coverage of the Ohio State receivers, which is always critical, and their ability to run the football. The best player on the field, okay, we all know, is Marvin Harrison, Jr., he is going to be a dynamic pro. We have seen these wide receivers come to the NFL and have immediate enormous success. He is the next one, okay? And to me, he is the key to this game. There is a lot of things you can look at in this game, okay? There's a lot of things we can decipher about this game, and everybody will. You can watch hours of analysis leading up to this game on Saturday. Okay, And this is can't miss. For I mean, I never miss Ohio State, Michigan. It's like I never miss Army, Navy, which will be front and center in a couple of weeks. But this game is for everything. And obviously the winner will be in a very, very commanding position, still has work to do, but will be able to earn their way into the uh, – final year of the old college football playoff, a year that will have some controversy because of what's going on with Florida State. Obviously, Florida State losing their quarterback, slipping in the polls. They can say it didn't have any of the quarterback. But again, they're going to have to put Florida State in if they run the table with the backup quarterback. They're going to have to. They're going to have no choice. And it's very interesting with what's going on with Washington Oregon also because let's be honest, I don't think it's a big secret. Oregon's the better team. They just lost a heartbreaker at Washington. They're the better team. They were a the better team that day. But Washington's undefeated. And that makes all the difference. They won the game at Oregon State last week. And let's be honest, that was not an easy game for them to win. I thought Oregon State was going to beat them. Oregon State had the chance. They had the ball at midfield, needing a field goal to win the game. They couldn't get it done. So give them credit. And then Penix Jr. got the first down when he needed to. Made the play he needed to play. But back to this game, I think you're looking at a wide receiver who, you know, has had not Heisman numbers. Very hard, very hard to win the Heisman from that position. He's not going to win the Heisman, but he's got 62 catches. He's got 13 touchdowns. He averages 17 yards a catch. He is the guy who can make the difference in this game. He is that good. He is that dominant a player. And how they play him and how they utilize him, how Ohio State features him, whether or not they can get him the football, and how Michigan plays this, this will, I think, decide this game. And uh, it will be a uh, fascinating, fascinating game. should be a very good game, very competitive game. I give the smallest of edges, and you're going to give them three and a half points to Ohio State. I think it's going to be a very close game. I think Ohio State is going to edge them and break their hearts. Uh, but I can't wait for it. It's going to be absolutely, absolutely uh, classic. And when you get these two teams in this setting – both undefeated, so much on the line. I mean, it's is—it's as good in in such—you know, I was lucky enough for CBS to do this game three or four times. I did it in both settings, and it's very different in both settings. But the intensity is unbelievable, and I I can't wait for this game this week. I really can't. I think it's going to be an unbelievable game, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it. Okay? Uh, I think it's going to be a very competitive, I think it will live up to all the billing and there's plenty of uh, stuff going on as far as that, as far as the billing and everything else as they uh, roll on into this game uh, this Saturday. 12 o'clock, always 12 o'clock. And on this Thanksgiving weekend, um, it just kind of sets it up perfectly. The Sunday part of the schedule in the NFL is not great. The Sunday night game and the Monday night game aren't anything classic. You do have a lot tomorrow, obviously, with the three big games, and then the Black Friday game with the Jets making the quarterback switch against the Dolphins, 3 o'clock game on Friday, and then everything else that's going on and all the other stuff. I want to wish you all a very, very happy and healthy and safe uh, Thanksgiving holiday. Enjoy. Uh, it is the great American holiday. Um, and we although this is a very polarizing time in this country and a very dangerous time in this world uh, with a lot going on, um, we want to wish you uh, health and a very healthy and happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday. We'll see you down the road bye. Thanks for listening to the Mike Francesa podcast on the Bet Rivers Network. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider.